Hey guys, welcome to the show. It is November the 8th and uh, in my car headed somewhere and I'm stopped at a train track and just thought maybe what I should do this week for an episode is just kind of update you on how uh, the hunt is going. I'm, it's the rut and so I'm hunting basically all weekend long. My wife has uh, take the kids and she's going up to her in-laws or to my in-laws. And so um, today things did start off exciting but unfortunately not the way I wanted them to go. Um, last night I uh, knew that I wanted to hunt this morning and so I, I basically worked it out that um, my babysitter was going to be willing to watch the kids uh, you know starting at like 6 a.m. and then her son was going to take my my uh, oldest daughter uh, to um, to school and all that stuff and so I got it worked out that I could hunt and I was a little nervous because last night that son, uh, he went out and he smoked a doe pretty close to the spot that I had planned to hunt. So I was a little worried that, you know, maybe, you know, the spot would be messed up. But he found the doe really quickly, made a great shot on her, and I was I was pumped for him. And um, so I planned to go you know, stick to the plan. And, and here's the plan. Um, this property, it, it has probably six to eight ladder stands all over it. Um, I'm now hunting from a saddle. I don't really like hunting in ladder stands. I, you know, hang-ons, that's okay. But ladder stands, you know, they creak a lot. and You're not super high off the ground. But the reality was I knew that dropping the kids off at 6, um, I'm going to be rushing to get up in a tree with my saddle and my spurs and all of that. Um, and I'm also going to be struggling to get back to kind of my go-to spot that I like to be at. Um, basically, I can hunt. The, the babysitter, her... her uh, family I'm able to hunt that farm and then there's a back property that I'm also able to hunt that is adjacent to it and that's where I've had a lot of success and seen a lot of big deer last year I missed my my opportunity at the 10 point there so tomorrow morning or this morning rolls around and I realize you know what I need to be close so I'm just gonna stick you know I'm gonna stick close and go to one of these ladder stands and um, so that's what I did I stayed on a pro on uh, kind of like on the upper part of the hill overlooking a ravine kind of a pinch point and uh, got up in this ladder stand it's actually for ladder stands it's pretty high and got up in it got settled in it creaked like crazy going up in and i mean it was 24 degrees this morning super cold and uh, got settled in sun rose and about an hour after daylight a spike came walking right by my stand and came right down wind and did not catch my scent um, which i was like shocked by you know even a spike will lick his nose and look up in the, the air sometimes uh, an hour later, um, there's a, a field out in front of me that I can see way out in the distance. That's the top of the hill, and then everything else is that ravine between me and that spot. Kind of hard to picture, but anyhow, a doe uh, comes from the field and goes back toward the bedding, which is over my right-hand shoulder. Once again, passes on my downwind side, doesn't notice my smell, uh, my scent. So um, I didn't check the wind at that exact moment. Maybe it was rising a little bit, but um, you know, my, my wind was supposed to be going left to right, and it was pretty strong. So anyway, um, it's pretty cold. Texting some buddies, and about nine thirty, um, I, I I'd, I'd kind of rattled off and on, just light rattling here and there, and some uh, grunts. And you know, I've never had a whole lot of success with that in my area, but I've honestly not hunted the rut as much as what I'd like to in recent years. And so, I thought I'd give it another go at nine thirty, with the intentions of uh, hopping down at uh, ten. And uh, 9.30, I tickled the antlers and kind of rattled maybe for like a minute. And all of a sudden, I look up and I see uh, horns coming up out of this ravine. And it definitely, like immediately, I'm like, that's a shooter. I know that that's a shooter in my book. 
And so I'm standing up. I grab my my bow, and this this buck is still down in the ravine. Grab my bow and get the camera and everything pointing in the right direction. Got the GoPro on, and everything's going good. I'm like, but where's he at? He should be popping out any second now because he was on the move. So I zoom in on my camera to the last spot I saw him. And I can make out through the brush this buck, and this buck is looking right my direction. Ears on attention, you know, he's not blinking, he's looking (laughs) my way. And so I freeze, and I'm like, oh man, I wonder if he saw me move like in the last, you know, five seconds that I've been getting everything ready. So I have my my deer call around my neck, and I decide I'm going to give a quick call, grunt call. Well, I had forgotten that I had apparently earlier, about an hour hour earlier, I tried like a doe call. And I so I, I did a doe bleat instead of a, a grunt call. <laughs> and uh, so quickly I swapped it down to a grunt, kind of aimed it a little bit different direction and gave a couple grunts, gave a snort wheeze. And then I just kind of waited. And I'm in this staring match looking at this buck as he's looking back at me, uh, or at least looking in my direction, trying to figure out where, I'm, I'm sure he's trying to figure out where are those two bucks, I should see them by now. And all of a sudden, I hear movement directly behind me, and then it's under me, and then finally it's out in front of me, and I, I mean, it was killing me to know, I was like, what is this that just came in from directly behind me? And it was a spike. <laughs> and that spike uh, worked his way out this path that leads up to the field where the doe had came from, and it's a pretty wide path. He works his way out through there. He doesn't see the eight point down in the bottom. And once he gets to a certain spot, he stops. And I range him because I feel like I, I'm guessing that if that eight point comes up, it's going to come up to where that spike is. So I range him, and his butt was at 50 yards. Now, for those of you who think I'm crazy um, about what's about to go down, let me just preface it by saying this. Last year, you know, I, I've shot, I've gotten so much better shooting targets over the last few years. Um, about three years ago, I would have never dreamed of taking a shot beyond 30 yards. Like, my equipment wasn't good enough, my bow wasn't good enough. But in the last few years, I've, I've practiced a lot. Well, last year, I, you've heard the story, I took a shot 60 yards on a doe, and in the amount of time that it took from the air to, to leave my bow to get to her, she had taken a step and I got shot her. Found her the next day, put my tag on her, but thought I'd learned a lesson. So this morning, 50 yards, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've shot that a lot recently. I've practiced 60 and 50 and really have put some time in, so I think we'll just have to see if he steps out broadside and so sure enough the buck comes up from the bottom and he kind of runs off the spike the spike you know jumps away and i've got this buck standing in a broadside like standing in this path broadside at exactly 50 yards got the camera on him and so i'm sitting there thinking okay well he and he kind of looked my way but then he turned his head away and so I was thinking about drawing, and then he looked my way again, and I thought, well, if he turns his head away again, I'll draw on him and see what it looks like. No limbs, nothing, uh, no wind. And so he turns his head away, and sure enough, I draw back. Then he looks at me because I think he heard me draw. But I took my time. I really settled in and really just squeezed it off the way I wanted to, and the arrow uh, took flight. And I hear it hit. And then I see the buck whirl real fast. Actually, I'll take that back. I think I saw the buck drop just a little bit. Then I hear the hit, and then I hear him kind of whirl, and and, and he runs off. And everything happens in like two seconds. 
and I'm thinking, I think I hit this buck because I thought I saw my arrow sticking out of him, but I wasn't sure. And I'm shooting lighted knocks, but there's no, it's so sunny, I can't see, I could barely see my fletching as it's flying. So I give it like 10 minutes, and the buck runs, he, I, I, he runs off a, a good ways, or at least I thought he did. And so I, I couldn't wait. I wanted to go down and at least look and see if I had blood, see if I'd hit him. And I knew exactly where I'd shot. I'd watched it on video, watched the, the playback. And so I go, I can't find my arrow. I start guessing if I hit this buck. Um, go up, watch the footage again. I'm like, man, I think I shot right over this thing. So I went down, looked for my arrow again, but I'm not finding my arrow. I only stepped into the woods his direction like 15 yards and I couldn't find any blood, couldn't find my arrow, and I was pretty sure I knew which path he had kind of taken, and I'm just looking, I don't see any blood, so I'm like, I'm going to back out, I'm going to go get on a laptop, and, um, you know, the babysitter has a laptop that I can borrow, and I can look at the footage. So I go down there and look, and uh, the, the son, Wyatt, who had shot the doe, he and I watched the footage, and um, first time I watched him, I shot right over, he's like, no, dude, play it back. I slowed it down, and I hit this deer like I definitely hit the deer and the arrow is sticking out. And so uh, to make a long story short, um, I thought perhaps the way the arrow kind of looked, it was so hard to tell because it was 50 yards in the camera. I wasn't zoomed in that maybe I caught, I might've caught a lung. I knew I didn't have great penetration. I knew I basically either caught a lung or I probably hit the shoulder. Um, there was one angle that kind of looked like my my arrow might be a little bit high, but I, I, I didn't think I was too high. I uh, called my buddy Trav, and he said, hey, I can be down there at 1 o'clock. This was at 9.30 I shoot this deer, so I was like, okay. So uh, Trav shows up at, uh, well, I, I had a flat tire, so we had to change the tire, take my car to the uh, car you know, dealership to get a new tire put on and all that stuff. But anyway, um, we tracked this thing for three hours. No, we didn't. I take that back. We looked for blood for three and a half hours. And we searched every square inch. Basically, this is kind of a hollow that goes down through. And there's a ravine to the left, real super steep, deep ravine to the left. And then up on top is a hill with a field. And we covered the entire thing in three hours. We went down, clear down to the creek bottom and back and searched, you know, just weaving in and out, trying to find just a drop of blood. And we did not find a drop of blood. Um... So, uh, I, I think what happened most likely in that case, I mean, if I would have got along, I know that at some point there would have been blood or we would have just found him piled up somewhere within that two to 300 yards that we walked. Um, you know, it's pretty, you know, there's some bedding and some cover where it's a little thick, but you can pretty much see most of it. And we covered it all. Um, I'm pretty sure that I hit this buck in the shoulder. Um, and did not get hardly any, any penetration, and therefore I don't know that I got any hardly any blood. Uh, we searched the spot all around and just didn't find anything. So I, I believe this buck will live. Um, very frustrated, and so um, you know I, I'm just frustrated that I I'm having to learn what my effective range is during season. You know I should know. I mean, 50 yards is a long shot for anybody, um, but I've, I've gained a lot of confidence shooting at a target over the summer and over the years, the past two years, but I, I really think I'm going to have to cut that back even more, and who knows what that buck would have done. I took the shot partly because whenever he stepped out and hit that path and started looking my way, I knew that he was looking for the other deer, and when he didn't see them, I didn't know if I'd have any other shots or if he would come my way. And I, I wish now <laughs> that I would have waited just to find out. 
um, rather than shooting him and, you know, uh, trying to track him the rest of the day. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling a little frustrated right now, but, um, here, here's, here's the, the reality of this. Uh, right now I'm sitting in my car. I'm at a funeral home. Um, uh, a good friend of mine, her grandpa passed away and, uh, he's a, he's a good Christian man. And, um, so I'm getting ready to go in and just spend some time with the family. Um, there's stuff that's so much more <laughs> of a challenge than making a bad shot on a deer. Um, you know, I, I love deer hunting. It's a passion uh, that I've I've come to find. But when it's all said and done, I, I, you just got to kind of take a step back and realize this rut, it can just consume us and make us go nuts and we, we go crazy. But if we just kind of keep the overall perspective of what life is about and the important things, this is a blimp. Um, I don't want to keep injuring deer. Um, I'm hoping tomorrow morning I'm going back in and to my go-to spot. The wind is going to be great. Uh, it's the far, the completely the opposite side of this property, and it's the it's actually the adjacent property. So there's a chance I could actually bump into this buck tomorrow. Um, but right now, I'm going to go in, spend some time with my friend, and uh, hopefully be an encouragement to her and her family. And uh, we'll regroup, and I'll have some more for you tomorrow after the hunt. All right, so it's November 9th, and about 5 a.m., and uh, I had an opportunity to get a good, good bit of sleep last night, just kind of relax and uh, refocus. And, and I think um, I went back and actually listened to what I recorded yesterday and some of my thoughts. And I think the thing is this, whenever it comes to the, the shot that I took yesterday, it's not a matter of whether or not I'm, I'm comfortable shooting 50 yards or 60 yards or 100 yards. It's a matter of what the deer can do in that amount of time. Um, and I think anybody that's been shooting long enough just knows um, that anything outside of 30, 40 yards, you know, there's just so much that can happen from the time your arrow leaves. Um, yesterday, that deer was looking at me or looking my direction whenever I shot. So he was on alert. I don't know if he was looking for me or if he was still looking for the bucks or if he had kind of pegged me and wondered what I was. But, you know, that's, that's the thing. Even last year shooting a deer at 60 yards that deer had no clue i was there was feeding had its head down and still was able to move from the time my arrow left my bow till i got there now my bow needs silenced a little bit better i can tell you that but still um i think i think what i'm trying to get at here is or what i what i've learned anyway uh yesterday is you really just want to make sure that you know like whenever I shot like I was excited but I, I wasn't sure like there was no way to be sure that I, I hit him and if I would have hit him it would have felt almost like I got lucky because he stood there the entire time and didn't jump and I don't want that feeling um you know two years ago whenever my boast whenever my buck came into uh, the spot where I got I was up in a tree couldn't see this spot so I went over and I trimmed the spot where I thought a buck would go this buck stopped in that spot uh, right before it, I was at full draw for a minute and like five seconds. The buck took two steps and I shot, hit him right where I was supposed to, 30-yard shot. I was so, like the adrenaline rush in that was like just in, so much better than yesterday's. Yesterday's was this feeling of just uneasiness and not sure if I, if I hit him, if I even hit him. You know, I thought I did, but I wasn't sure. And so... Uh, all that said, I've thought a lot about that, you know, since yesterday and today, and I, I just want to go in today and enjoy the hunt again. Um, 
I, yesterday I prayed for success and prayed for a beautiful morning and I got all of that. Prayed for the Lord to help me to, to get a buck and he, he most certainly uh, helped that buck to be in that spot so I could learn this lesson. I'm, I'm fairly confident. I think if I would have killed that buck, uh, then I probably would have had it in my mind that 50 yards is fine for me. And the reality is it, it probably shouldn't be. Um, you no, know, not if I want to ethically, you know, take a quick kill shot on a deer. Um, 50 yards probably shouldn't be in my equation, at least at this point in the game. Um, there's guys that do it on TV, sure. I don't know what their secret is. I don't know if, if they're, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going on in, the, in some of those scenarios. But deer are out this morning. I've passed a few, so I'm going to climb up in the stand. Uh, go on, actually, I'm going to take my saddle, go back in about a mile. It's about a three-quarters of a mile to a mile hike. And it ends with a giant hill that I got to get up on top of, but it's where I the other day I saw ten deer, and one of them was a buck. So, uh, hoping for good luck this morning. All right, so I recorded that last one on the morning of the ninth, I believe, and um, thought I, I haven't done a great job of, of uh, updating during or after or whatever. But I had an epic morning. Um, went way up on top of this hill um, for the morning hunt. And like I said, it's on this back property that I'm able to hunt. And it takes a little while to get back there. I could drive like the Kubota down to the creek and it wouldn't be as long. But I just don't want to risk, you know, I don't know if the animals hear that, what they think, you know, on a, especially on a clear morning. So anyhow, I did the hike and got up in and uh, normally, like basically kind of follow this ridge line and it separates two valleys. And once you go up a ways, there's a couple benches, and those are like the best spots where I've seen a lot of deer. So came to the first bench, decided to go on up, and last year off to the left, uh, if you go to the left side, kind of overlook the left valley that goes down over, uh, that's where I saw the 10-point last year. Um, but that was around December, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try something completely different. I'm going to go to the right side this time. So I got right up against the property line and went to the right side overlooking this big valley. I thought I was in pretty dense cover, and uh, reality was that it was actually a little bit more open than what I thought. I'm going in in the dark, and I'm just trying to find a tree that I can get up in with my saddle, which is, you know, a lot of trees, you know, people want to talk about you can get up in any tree with a saddle. Well, if you're using sticks, that's a little bit easier, but since I'm using spurs, I prefer a tree that doesn't have a ton of limbs. It just, it makes it a little bit easier, a little bit quicker. And so I found a pretty nice tree, had decent cover, I had another like a little, um, you know, a little tree in front of it. So I thought, you know, give me decent cover, climbed up in, got settled in just as the sun rose. And, um, it was, it was an awesome morning. Um, it's, it's really hard to keep track of what, what all went down. Um, but I forgot my rattling antlers, um, someplace else. That's the main thing that went down. I think it could have actually been a different game had I been able to rattle, be loud, and then just be quiet and, and just wait for animals to come search for me. Instead, all I had was my grunt tube. And I think the, this is just my opinion, but I don't think the grunt carries as well as what just good old rattling does. And, um, you know, from my experience, it's just not not as sweet, but, you know, I'm still kind of limited in, in how much I use calls. But anyhow, I got up in, got settled, and I think pretty early on I gave a couple grunts and just kind of was quiet and sure enough off to my left uh, coming up the ridge I see a nice buck 
And um, by nice buck, I just want to tell you, to me, it's a shooter. I don't know if it would be to you. I guess that just depends on where you're from. Um, you know, and I, I've talked about this before on here. I'm, I'm about over this whole giant rack thing. I'm about over this whole he's got to be a seven-year-old deer. Um, to me, you know, if, if you want to practice managing deer and you're able to do it, it's a good thing to do, and I'm grateful that you can do that. Um, if you want to shoot a spike and that makes you happy, go for it. Um, you know, realize that, you know, maybe the next year he could have been a little bit bigger and the next year he could have been a giant. The year after that he could have been. I get that. I get if you want to have good genetics. But I'm on a little bit of a rant here. But for me, I realize I've only killed one buck with a compound bow. I've killed another buck with a crossbow. And I've probably killed maybe a handful of other bucks with muzzleloader and shotgun. I am not that experienced whenever it comes to laying down bighorn deer. Um, I've killed plenty of does. I think, I think the last doe I killed was the 20th deer that I've killed. And for a lot of people, that's a lot. For a lot of people, they've did that by the time they were like 10. So what I'm trying to get at is whenever this buck showed up, I knew that I wanted to shoot it. Was he a four-year-old? Probably not. I don't know. I wasn't looking at his gut, trying to figure out if he had wrinkles, and I didn't ask him his age. <laughs> I just knew this was a deer that I wanted to shoot. I'm sorry that break was brought to you by my daughter needing to uh, have some help uh, getting changed. <laughs> little potty issue. But anyhow, I'm recording this in my uh, bedroom. Uh, my wife's downstairs doing exercises. My girls are asleep and trying to bring you up to speed on uh, what's going to go down tomorrow. But anyhow, um, so I think I was giving a rant about uh, age of deer and, and just I'll put a little bow on that and just say if that's what you want to do, that's awesome. And maybe at some point I will acquire some land that is actually my own land and maybe I can manage it and I can grow deer. I try and shoot what makes me happy, which is probably something I, I look, I'll be honest, I look at the rack. Um, I like a little bit older of a deer, but they don't taste as good to be quite honest. And so I, I prefer a buck over maybe 110 inches because my last buck was 98. And so that's just where I am. And if you're someplace else, that's awesome. Um, if you pass 140s, 150s, more power to you. I, I hope that you're not an elitist and expect everybody to be able to do that. If you're a person that shoots spikes and you love it, I man, great. If you get pumped about that, that's great. I hope that you're not an elitist <laughs> and think that the guys that pass 140s are absolute idiots. And I just, I guess for me, it's just if it makes you happy. But anyhow, this is a buck that came by that I would have been happy to shoot. He came to about 40 yards, but he was in some brush. I tried to grunt him over uh, whenever he was looking away and he just wasn't going for it. Just kind of skirted around me, kind of like a half circle around me, and then went back the other way. Uh, a little bit later, had three does uh, come by, and they went into like a bedding area. And I ended up that morning uh, having three other bucks come by, one of which I was he was borderline. He was one of those I just wasn't sure about. Initially, I thought, no. As he's walking away, I was thinking, man, he was out past his ears. He was a pretty nice buck. He's probably 120 inches or so. And, you know, so uh, anyhow, it was an awesome morning. I stayed in the stand. I sat in the saddle from about 6 a.m. until about 11.30 a.m. And if you're wondering about saddle comfort, I felt pretty comfortable, honestly. It was cold, but 
that's the, probably the longest sit I've ever done in a saddle. I'm not an all-day hunter. I usually get down at least around that time or whatever, and I had some work to do. So ran to work, got a little bit of stuff done, got a little bit of uh, lunch, and then I had a buddy that was supposed to be meeting me for an evening hunt. And we were going to go to a completely different property. Now this buddy, um, he is a guy that's he's just he's my age, thirty some years old, and he has uh, he's never been hunting, and he just he started watching Meat Eater <laughs> on Netflix, and he wants to get into it. He's looking to buy a bow, and so he's just he's taking the hunter safety course, and I just I feel like it's just something I should do to try and help this guy out because he's a really cool dude. I really like spending time with him. And so, you know, if if there's something I can do to help somebody get into hunting, that's, that's what I want to do. So anyhow, um, we had hunted once before and I had a hang on stand that I am terrible at hanging. I'm just not had the experience. And if you remember that story, I actually, he ended up on the ground because I couldn't get this thing hung. Well, I was bound and determined this time I was going to get him up in a tree. And so I brought a ratchet strap to make sure it was ratcheted to the tree and everything was good. Well, we were headed out to this property and it's a little bit further away. It's where I shot my buck high this year, if you remember that story. We're about a mile away and I realized I did not bring his safety harness. I completely ran out of my house and forgot it. And I had him show up at 145. We were going to get over there at 230, get up in the stand and have, have plenty of time. So I said, I'm sorry, we got to go back. You got to have a safety harness. So we're turning around, headed back toward my house, and I realized, well, that other property is closer. I bet you that that the landowner who owns it, I bet you he has a safety harness. So I I called him. Sure enough, he did. You know, he had the factory model safety harness, and so uh, so let's just swing over and get it, and then we'll turn around. And, and and as I'm driving over, I realize, you know what? You just saw I saw what was it? Seven does and four bucks on Saturday morning. So I saw eleven deer. I was like, why would I, let's, let's just hunt there. I've never hunted it during the rut, especially not on an evening. Uh, let's go for it. So Corey and I, we get in the Kubota. He gets a safety harness, we get everything loaded up. We drive down and, uh, normally I wouldn't drive down like in the morning, but on the evening I thought this, I wanted to save him the hike because he had to carry his stand, the millennium and the sticks. And so we go up this hill. We didn't go up as far and, uh, kind of faced him up the hill and I was able, praise the Lord, to get his hand stung. I feel like <laughs> to get to get the stand hung because I just feel like that's something a hunter should know how to do that's been hunting as long as what I have. But anyhow, got Corey set up. It's about 3.30 and I get above him in my saddle and we weren't very high off the ground. But Corey's filming for me and, um, you know, just having a good time. And I uh, did a little bit of grunting, still didn't have my rattling antlers uh, with me. And um, sure enough, I look and I see some does kind of skirting below us. Wait, I just barely caught movement. I see these two does kind of, um, they're on the left hand, if you remember what I was talking about earlier, they're on the left hand valley. We're on the right hand side of the valley. So I can just kind of see over the hump and I can see they're kind of going down toward uh, feeding in the bottom. And probably about 20 minutes later, I look to my left and I see a shooter buck. I, it might have been the same one. I'm not sure. It all happened fast. He kind of came in quick. I told Corey he's behind us. Corey could not get the camera on him, and he couldn't see him, unfortunately. And so this buck, I watch him, and he he seems like he's following the trail that we walked in on. I, I put some uh, doe and estrus on our boots to try and mask a little bit and maybe make him interested. And it seems like he's following it, but he can just kind of tell. He's just he's a little... 
he's not sure which way he wants to go. And so I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't grunt at him too early. He was kind of close. And so he banks left and I lose sight of him. And so I'm trying to see, and I'm like, I don't want to make any calls yet. He might be popping out here any second. And I wait and I wait and probably a minute passes. And all I see is way off in the distance where those does went. I see this buck kind of headed that general direction. I grunt at him. I try and snort wheeze and no luck. He's gone. And so once again, a, a big buck has kind of skirted my location. He has not came in close. And uh, three more does came in right at dark, and I was going to shoot one if she came a little bit closer, but uh, she caught my movement. But Corey got to at least experience some deer coming in close and uh, the joy of watching them blow <laughs> once they, uh, they get downwind of you and see you. And so he had a lot of fun. And so that was my hunt on Saturday night. And so I took a rest on Sunday. Today is Veterans Day. I spent the whole day with my wife who got the day off and family and um so the way that it works is uh, my if my day off which is normally monday if a holiday falls on that then i can pick another day off that week well uh tomorrow today was 60 some degrees uh tomorrow morning it's supposed to be in the low 30s uh, possible snow overnight it's going to rain turn into snow and so right now i'm getting ready to go to bed uh, because I plan on getting up before 30 and I'm going right back over to that property again. And this time what I'm going to do is instead of going clear up on top, we have a northwest wind. Um, actually, it's a uh, think about that. It's a northeast wind. It's coming tomorrow. And um, I'm going to hang low. All of these bucks that I've seen have came up out of the bottom. And I'm usually up on top, and they're always looking for me. I've got new antlers ready to rock and roll, so if I want to do some rattling, I can. Um, but I've got a pretty good wind. Um, I, I think tomorrow morning is probably my best shot at getting a buck. Um, not to say that it can't happen later on, but can't hunt really the rest of this week. Maybe once this weekend. I've got, we've just gotten a lot of stuff on our calendar, so really hoping that tomorrow I have that chance again. And now I'm. I just saw where he was at, so now I'm going to move in a little bit closer to where uh, I've seen them. So we'll see how that goes. So anyway, if you're following along, still listen to this. Thanks. Appreciate it. And I will give you an update and let you know how it all goes tomorrow. So uh, I wanted to give you a quick update this morning on two things as I'm headed to the stand. It's November 12th. And uh, I'll give you the bad news first. Yesterday, or last night actually, uh, prior to my recording, I, I didn't tell you this, but I went downstairs. I was packing my, my, my bag, getting everything ready to go this morning. And I just bent over to put something in my pack, and I pulled something in my upper back lower neck. And I about brought a tear to my eye. It was very painful and it did not go away um last night anyways and so <laughs> came back up and I was kind of hobbling I was trying to hide it because I knew my wife wouldn't uh, wouldn't want me to hunt if I was too injured but I could not hide this and she's like what did you do and I told her she goes well let me see what I can do and and what that means is she, you know she's into this witchcraft voodoo stuff called essential oils don't know if your wives are into that <laughs> but you know I think that stuff could work a little bit but anyhow she made up this concoction of I don't know it was like purification and basil i i smelled like a turkey it was just weird but anyhow she rubbed it all over my uh, my uh, lower neck and my upper back and put that on there and then she said peppermint's supposed to help somehow too so she rubbed that on my back and just for good measure she rubbed that peppermint on my temple um you know my my forehead so i'm laying face down on my pillow 
and uh, trying to get ready to find a comfortable position, go to sleep in, and I roll my my head over. Well, some of that purification or peppermint must have got on my pillow, and it got right in my eyeball. And uh, <laughs> I had to get out of bed and go wash my burning eye because it hurt so bad. So I think essential oils work because what it does is it, it burns your eyeball so bad that you don't remember your, your, your back pain. So anyhow, no, I, I took some ibuprofen. I woke up feeling a little bit better this morning. It's still pretty tender. But here's the good news. Uh, it snowed an inch last night. It is the first snow of the season. And everything is pretty well covered except for the road. Thanks goodness. And... So I'm I'm super pumped. I, I'm like I don't care how bad it hurts. I'm gonna make this work because I want. I love hunting in the snow, and I don't get a bow hunt in the snow all that often, uh, at least not this early in the year. So, anyhow, want to give you that update. I'll update you after, and we're almost there, and we'll see what happens. All right, and here's the update. Uh, had a kind of a crazy morning. Uh, the snow and uh, was falling, and it was definitely windy. And uh, pretty cold so I, I got to the spot uh, where I want to set up and uh, started to make my climb up the tree basically I was picking just this the left side of this valley that I've told you about already and got up in had a lot more cover which was what I wanted um, started up in and there's a few limbs in my way so I carry a tree saw and was uh, cutting the the limb and I just got a little too vigorous and ended up cutting my finger um, and started bleeding all over the place um, so blood was spilled today but unfortunately it was just mine uh, so I got up in and uh, I was able to get out my first aid kit and uh, that I had packed for Colorado fortunately I've still kept that in my my backpack and it's a good thing to have you know I never carried one before but this morning I would have continued to bleed because it was pretty pretty cut deep cut on my finger so I got my band-aid out and was putting it on in the dark and behind me I hear footsteps and I look and there's there's a deer and I, I can't tell if it was a buck doe but it was only 20 yards behind me and I'm um, like well I just gotta keep patching up my bows at the bottom of the tree there's nothing I can do and so uh, whatever it was trotted off and so I get patched up. Well, then I'm pulling up my bow. And what I do is I, I have a, uh, it's called a Doyle's gear hoist that I put on the back of my saddle. And basically, it's just a retractable gear hoist that pulls, pulls your stuff up and uh, doesn't get rope tangled everywhere. And so I uh, start pulling up my bow. And then I got my camera fanny pack attached to my bow. And then I've got my um, coat kind of tied in like a knot around one of the limbs I don't like wearing my coat as I go up in it's just too cumbersome and I don't like to sweat I like to get up in get a little chilled and then put my coat on and it's just perfect uh well on my way pulling the coat up and and the bow and everything the coat came undone and I watch I'm just like slow motion watching my coat fall <laughs> to the forest floor and I'm thinking it's going to be a cold morning because um, I'm definitely not climbing back down after I've made it all the way up here in these spurs. So get my bow up in, get everything settled, and after 45 minutes, I am about freezing to death. Um, so I was texting uh, some buddies, and one buddy said, well, why don't you just take a, a tow rope that you got and tie uh, an arrow to it, you know, with the broadhead pointed down, obviously, and see if you can fish your coat up. And I'd never thought of that. And so it worked. I took, it took me a couple tries and a couple times I had it snagged and it fell off, but ended up using one of my broadheads and, um, you know, one of the, the arrows and got my coat back up in, which was able, enabled me to stay until 1130. Um, the short version of the story is I saw seven deer and had a couple little bucks cruising right by my stand, had a couple little does kind of skirting around the stand. Felt like I was in a good spot. I had done some rattling and a little bit of grunting 
And up uh, in front of me, probably about 9.30 or so, I think it was, I look up and I see a doe kind of making her way away from me, um, just kind of cutting across the hill. And then all of a sudden I look up and I see horns coming my way. And it looks like uh, a pretty nice uh, eight-pointer. Um, and so this eight-pointer is making his way like my direction like he's leaving this doe that he was with it appears and he's coming down to check out whatever it was that he he had heard and so i get my camera arm pointed in the right direction i try and get my rangefinder up real quick just to kind of take a quick shot over there because he was stepping into a spot i hadn't really anticipated a deer stopping and it was a wide open sh spot i should have uh i should have ranged this spot prior to uh and i may have i, I might have just forgot i don't remember but Regardless, this deer comes across broadside at about 35 to 40 yards whenever I, I'm finally able to kind of get everything settled on him. And I'm getting ready to draw back, and then he quarters real strong toward me, and then he's facing me. And at this point, I think he was right at 35 yards or so and facing dead on right out in the middle of the open spot. So I thought, whenever he turns, I'm going to pull. Well, whenever he turned, um, I was getting ready to pull back, and he goes into some thick stuff just to my, my uh, you know, probably my uh, 10, 11 o'clock as I'm looking at him. And so I'm like, okay, well, if he steps back out in that gap, I know it's 35. I'm going to draw on him, and I'm going to shoot him right there. And unfortunately, whenever he, he did do a U-turn and started going back up toward the doe like I anticipated he would, and he kind of veered hard away from me, not giving me a shot at all. And so I came to full draw, but at that point he was uh, behind some limbs and uh, just no shot presented. And that was that. Um, I had a few other you know little bucks come in and... Uh, you know, it was an exciting encounter, and it was a beautiful snow, you know, covered the ground kind of morning. A um, little disappointed, I'll be honest. I feel like maybe if I would have ranged and really put that in my head, those numbers, like where I need, I could have been at full draw whenever he hit that gap. Um, but it just happened kind of quick. I'm trying to get everything on video. If I didn't have a camera, it's another another story. But I enjoy, I do enjoy the filming, even though it is a challenge. So. That's uh, that's kind of a wrap for most of the rut. I mean, there may be um, some hunts this weekend where they still... I don't know how long the rut is going to go. You know, it might still be going on. I, I have not seen, like, a, a buck dogging a doe with its tongue hanging out, you know, just panting and grunting. I have not seen that activity. I've just seen good movement, mostly. Bucks cruising for does. I've seen a couple bucks with does. But, you know, I don't know what all that means in, in this this woods that I'm in um you know the I've only been hunting this spot for a couple years now but anyhow that's that's the hunt and um so I'll just kind of wrap up this uh, episode thanks if you've listened to this the the ramblings of a madman here um just me telling you about my crazy season so far um you know this morning I, I prayed for an opportunity and um and I I got another opportunity um I also prayed that God would help me take the shot, and uh, maybe the shot that I didn't take was the best one because I just didn't have a good shot, and it just wasn't going to work out in this scenario. So, you know, uh, last episode we talked about praying for a buck, and, and so far uh, God's just telling me to hold on, wait, and enjoy hunting, not just killing. And um, that's something that's hard for me. I want so badly to, to get on here and tell you that I've knocked down a giant buck. And part of that's pride. Part of that's just human nature. And part of that's just the amount of time that you put in. You want 
to have that success. You want to, you know, do all this work and have it pay off. Um, but that doesn't mean that I haven't had a successful season. Um, I've learned so much this season already from the mistakes that I've made. Um, I've learned the importance of having a first aid kit in your bag. I've learned uh, that your uh, arrow can become a, a real nice uh, anchor to pull up, you know, coats whenever it's 27 degrees. Uh, I've learned the joys of having a little bit of coffee in a thermos and just spending time out in the woods with the Lord and just kind of taking some moments to breathe. So my season's not over yet. I'm not giving up yet, but um, who knows what can go on from here. I hope that you are having a great season. And uh, once again, if you'd like to come on and tell me how your season's going and give me an update or if you've got a deer down and you want to tell that story or or anything that you want to talk about, um, I'd love to have you on the podcast. Send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And remember to shed the light.